pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Jay Morrison, Bengals writer from The Athletic. He joins us here on the Kidder and Schlemmer Show. Jay, welcome in. How are you? Uh, doing great, Justin. How are you? Good. Now, again, I almost jinxed you from earlier today. You almost did have something to write about just a little bit ago. <laughs> almost, but uh, as is Swinging the case, uh, the, uh, the, the Bengals are very good at try hard, but not not so much at actually winning whatever they're pursuing. Now, with that being said, like we know that this team has a lot of holes that they need to try to address, whether it be in free agency or the draft, but history tells us that those holes will be looked to be filled in the draft coming up. Uh, but did it surprise you at all that they were so aggressive in, in pursuing Schobert? Obviously, the Jaguars coming out on top, outbidding the Bengals for a five-year, $53 million deal. Look, that's why the Browns moved on from him. That's the deal that Schobert wanted. The Browns were not willing to pay that much to keep him, um, and he ultimately got the money he was looking for in the marketing guy. Got it, but were you surprised that the Bengals were right there in the in the thick of things trying to land him? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, I think I thought Schobert would be one of the first linebackers off the board on, on Monday, and and then would kind of set the market, and things would trickle down from there. Uh, the fact that it was some of the smaller price guys that went first really kind of forced the Bengals' hand. Um, at least one. Bengals executive over in Indianapolis was kind of scoffing at the notion that that Schobert was worth ten million a year, and that's that's right around the range where you know it kind of broke. He ended up getting more than that five years, fifty three million. Not sure where the Bengals tapped out, but they were in it right to the end. So that is surprising. It, it you know it, it, it kind of the cheap label kind of takes a hit there, but. It wasn't so much being cheap, it was being timid because all those other linebackers are off the board. Your hand is kind of forced. At some point, you got to step up and say, hey, maybe this guy isn't worth that, but look where we're at. We've put ourselves in a horrible position with the way we've drafted linebackers, and we have to overspend for a guy at some point and get get a quality linebacker in here. Yeah, I know what you're talking I mean, with the the perception of the cheap label, of course, and that's what you see immediate reaction on social media being that. Uh, but I said earlier, look, I'm always the first to try and po- poke at the flaws of the Bengals. But at the same time, I don't think that this was a flaw of them at whatsoever uh, because – there's a reason that the Browns weren't willing to keep him because the same things that the Bengals weren't willing to you know, agree with were the same things the Browns did not want long-term as well. Now, look, we know that the Bengals have to address the linebacker position. How much more activity do you expect from them in pursuing guys throughout free agency this week? Well, yeah, see, this is where I really thought they were, they were going to be active would be in the second wave. So I didn't really expect anything to happen Monday or Tuesday. Is you know, let that, that first wave of craziness kind of wash over all the teams. And then like a guy like Kwiatkowski from the Bears, I thought he would be in that second wave. And and the the Bengals were in on him right up to the end, too. Uh, And he ended up up going with the Raiders. And, I mean, you think about it, where the the Bengals are at, they they could have maybe even had a better offer. I don't know that they did. But if you're a linebacker and you're deciding between Las Vegas or Cincinnati, you're you're not going to go to Cincinnati unless they're overpaying you. And, And 
where the, where this Bengals team could really make some headroom is because Zach is Zach Taylor is so impressive to talk to. It, with with all these visits being canceled with the virus, they can't get guys in the building and kind of sell them on who they are and their vision. It's, it's all done over the phone. It's impersonal and. Obviously, these players are gonna they're gonna go with the money, and that they're gonna go with teams with history. And but, but I think this this virus situation is is really hurting the Bengals right now. Were you surprised that the league allowed the free agency period to hit right now? Were you were you expecting them to maybe push that back a bit, or where were you on that? Uh, I think it's a horrible decision, but I'm not surprised at all. That the NFL's been tone deaf for years. Um, <laughs> it's just a bad look. It's it's yeah, you can do all this stuff over the phone and, and, and conduct business and uh, sign contracts over faxes and do that kind of stuff. But, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there hurting. There are a lot of people losing their jobs or making reduced money, businesses, small businesses in, in danger of closing. I mean, everybody's struggling right now, and they're just dancing around like business as usual, throwing millions of dollars around. I just think it's a really bad look. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got people who are figuring out how they're going to pay their bills if their business, you know, if their place of employment, you know, closes for a month, two months, three months at a time, and then people are upset because hey, Schobert wanted fifty-three million dollars and uh, your team didn't pay it to him. So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, I definitely get it. Uh, now with the draft coming up too around the corner, I think it's safe to say we know who the Bengals are taking at that point. Which of course we know who their new quarterback will be in Joe Burrow. But there's right now the the big conversation about Andy Dalton, and it's funny with Tom Brady right now. Our reports indicating that you know him and the Bucks are are a pair. Philip Rivers now with the Colts. We saw Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers. You know Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston. Those seem to be the three biggest names available. And if the Bears go after Andy Dalton too or Nick Foles, does Trubisky become an available quarterback? That's another question. But Andy Dalton on the uh, market right now and the trade value, as far as you're concerned, what is a realistic return that the Bengals can get uh, for Andy Dalton, whether it be with the Bears or the Patriots at this point? Yeah, I always thought all along it would be about a fourth-round pick. Um, if, if they could get a third, they should jump and get it as fast as possible. I know that uh, Lindsey Jones from The Athletic uh, reported that there was at the Combine there was a GM that thought uh, the, the Bengals could possibly fetch a second-round pick for Dalton. I think that, that that's crazy. I don't know where that came from. But, um, yeah, if they can get a fourth, they should take it. Like I said, if they get a third, they should run to the fax machine and get that get that deal into the league as soon as possible. Um, the the worry is that they're going to end up with no deal, and they're going to end up having to cut him and get nothing for him. Um, you can't keep him around. You can't pay your backup quarterback seventeen and a half million. So um, they need to get whatever they can get. Uh, I still think New England is a, a possible landing spot. It's just. Um, you know, Bill Belichick kind of went out of his way to, to praise Andy Dalton this year when they played, and they, he, Bill has a, a, a really long history of trading with the Bengals, and I, I just I, I think that's an ideal fit for, you know, they've got Jarrett Stidham, and then they could possibly roll with him, but if, if you're looking for a bridge guy, bring Andy Dalton in one-year deal, 17, or not one-year deal, but he's got one year left, $17 million, uh, you know, just kind of a, He's not the brash, outspoken kind of guy that would kind of ruffle feathers in New England. I just think he's a perfect fit there with Belichick and that system. 
Now we know that like uh, Cam Newton not happy right now with with the Panthers, which is why he's you know leaving the Panthers, which is why the Panthers ultimately signed Teddy Bridgewater today. Uh, but the the reports came out. Look, the the Panthers are working with Cam Newton to find a a destination for him that makes sense. Uh, is there communication between Dalton and the Bengals front office to to get a deal that makes sense? Are the Bengals going to do what's best for them, or do what's best for Dalton, or try to find a, a happy medium there? Yeah, well, Duke, Duke Tobin, the director of player personnel, came out at, at the senior bowl and, and told us, yes, they were gonna, they were gonna take Andy into account in any deal. They were, gonna, they were gonna do right by Andy was the words he used. And, um, I get that. This is, this is an organization built on loyalty and, and Andy has meant so much to them. And, but that was my question when he said that immediately. Like, well, what, what if a terrible situation arises and they're offering you a second round <laughs> pick? You, you have to take it. But, if, if a team's going to offer that high of a pick, they are probably intending to make Dalton their starter. And that's when, when he says do right by Andy, I think that's, that's what that means. It's not a warm climate or anything else. It's, it's a chance to go be a starter somewhere. So if a team's going to offer a really high pick, I, you, know, you would think they're going to want to install Andy as their starter. So I don't think, I don't think there's any conflict there. And I do think it's interesting that, that they're willing to take, uh, in, his feelings into consideration and do right by him, but that's just kind of the way this organization works. All right, Jay Morrison with The Athletic covers the Cincinnati Bengals, of course. Uh, we'll send you out with this. Do you sense an increased urgency when you look at the AFC North right now? I mean, look, you look at last year, it was it was probably one of the weakest AFC North divisions that I can remember in quite some time. Uh, but the Ravens, they bulked up. I mean, they took two fifth-round picks, uh, were able to turn it into two key defensive starters. Uh, you look at what the Browns did yesterday. You know that the Steelers aren't going to be quiet for long. Is there any urgency that, look, the Bengals know that there's going to be some fresher faces coming, Joe Burrow? and others, whoever they get through the draft, but with what the rest of the division is doing, is that is that increasing urgency in regards to getting some key players in free agency, in your opinion? Um, I think it is. They, it, It's not super urgent, because I still feel like, you know, this is going to be kind of that bridge year, and then the, the window of opportunity for making the playoffs really kind of opens up in 2021, once, once Burrow has a season under his belt. And, but they do need to start getting some pieces in place, so it's it's you don't want to go out like what they've done in the past and go out and sign an aging linebacker to a one-year contract you know an aj hawk uh, carlos dansby um kevin mentor you don't want to do that they, they still need to find younger talent that they can build around um i, I do think we're going to see them grab two or three defensive guys you know once the second wave starts thursday or friday and they're not going to be wow eye-popping names but they are going to be guys that they can plug in the keeper for starting roles all right, give Jay Morrison a follow on Twitter, at Jay Morrison, A-T-H. Give him a follow. Uh, Bengals beat writer for The Athletic does a fantastic job. Jay, thanks so much uh, for giving me a little bit of your time today. Uh, now stay safe out there. All right, thanks, Justin. All right, again, we'll have that interview up on the website at wingam.com. Make sure you're subscribing and downloading to the Kinder and Schlumber Show podcast. You'll have access to full shows, select segments. All interviews that we do are hubbed right there. You can also find it at wingam.com. One interview down, another interview to go. When we come back, we just talked about the Bengals, of course, uh, with the beat writer for the Bengals from the Athletic and Jay Morrison, but when we come back we'll talk with the beat writer for the Cleveland Browns Jake Trotter from ESPN. He joins us next. We'll talk about the Browns' big day, of course, as they made a huge splash in the free agency period to open things up for the NFL. We'll get to that with Jake next. What's next for the Browns? Don't go anywhere. Mike? 
what are you doing? I'm getting ready for Drive One Car and Truck Spring Sale. That sounds great, but why are you revving your car up like that? Well, they say if you ain't first, you're last. And I want to get those deals before they're gone. Drive One has two locations in Springfield. One lot with pickup trucks and large SUVs, and the other with cars and crossovers. Check them out on Facebook and see all the great things people say. They service and back their cars with a limited powertrain warranty for six months. They do things the right way. And online at driveonecarandtruck.com. 